What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Fireside Knicks. I'm Dylan, and today we got some very special guests on us today. We got, you know, the guys from the Knicks Morning Brew. We got these guys on tap today for us, and uh, yeah, let's just get started, you know. So, Knicks obviously won their last game. You know, they, you know, the game doesn't really matter for, like, standings or any of that, but, you know, they still made some history. They had Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quigley, Quentin Grimes all score 30-plus and, and hit 5-plus threes for a brief moment of time. Nobody, no trio had ever done that, and then the Pelicans ended up doing it an hour later. So now two teams did it in one day. But regardless, that was still very, very exciting to see, you know. And, you know, just to kind of start it off, I guess, we're kind of just going to go around the room, and we'll start with Hector first. What, do you, uh, what is your take on that last game with uh, Grimes, Quickly and, uh, and Toppin? Man, it was phenomenal. Like you said, um, you know, first time all season that that happened for a trio. The Pelicans did it afterwards. But when it comes to our Knicks, it's the third time in franchise history and the first time since the 70s that a trio mm -hmm. has been able to pull it off. But the most impressive thing about it is it wasn't our big three. It wasn't RJ. It wasn't Julius, right? It wasn't Jalen. It was Obi. It was IQ. And it was Quentin Grimes. Seeing those young guys towards the end of the season build up their confidence, the growth, Right. You could tell the veteran leadership from Jalen Brunson, the coaching staff with Johnny Bryan, with Jalen Brunson's father and Tom Thibodeau. The effect that is having on these kids. Emmanuel quickly has stepped has took a step and a leap so far big this season. And when it comes to Obi Toppin, what more can you say? We've been we've been praying that the Knicks finally play the young players and they actually are doing it. I'm going to throw it over mm -hmm. to my brother, Phil. Go ahead, bro. Yeah, you know, so no shade to the Pelicans, but first I want to say that I'm pretty sure one of their guys only got to that 30 point because they went into overtime. So if we're going to talk about actual history, let's talk about regulation in our New York. <laughs> just what a little petty, say, just a little petty. A little petty, a little petty. But what I want to say is that even though there wasn't a lot riding on this game when it comes to our position, win-loss column, whatever, what it does do for us it shows us that we have a lot more in our bag than mm -hmm. what we actually think. Like we are so set in how things have been all season that I think that we've missed what could be as well. And so for me, the more we have, the better. What's the point in having all these tools, all these resources if we never use them? This shows us what we could use going into the playoffs. We could now switch things up and make things a lot harder for teams to contend with us. So it was great to see Obi Toppin in his bag. It was great to see some of the things that Quentin Grimes has been working on actually come to fruition. That confidence that's there is insane. And being able to just see Emmanuel quickly continue to deliver. One stat we cannot forget is that all these guys were at 50, I believe, 57% field goal percentage mm. or more in that so it wasn't just that they got numbers but they got numbers and did so efficiently mm -hmm. facts uh well real quick dylan man appreciate you uh backstage ryan aka we're gonna officially call him johnny bryant running the controls and taking care of everything and love what you guys are doing here at fireside Knicks, man so we appreciate the invite hanging out with you guys but let's be real everybody's focused on the points right that's awesome but let's also talk about the fact that between those three guys we're talking 20 assists that night how you doing? I'll take 20 assists from three guys all day, every day. And then on top of that, we're talking about three guys that added 15 rebounds to it. So, yeah, the points are great, but the ball movement, the rebound, seeing them gel as a team, it gets me excited, man. And that night, I don't care that the Pelicans did it. Congratulations. You know, I don't understand why, as New York fans, we can only enjoy that moment for one hour before a new article came out. But it, it was <laughs> exciting, man, to be able to see Obi really be able to – I mean, that – 
Step back three was amazing. Just the ball movement. Um, we've got a squad, guys. And, you know, there's a lot more smiles on Knicks fans this time around than we have seen in the last year or two. So super excited what they did, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It was definitely exciting. And, you know, before we hop into the next topic, you know, the last game was so exciting. I kind of jumped the gun a little bit. How about okay. you guys introduce yourselves a little bit, you know, and you guys uh, just, you know, t- tell people where you guys can find, find you guys and stuff like that. You know, introduce you guys. Yeah, well, you know, Hector, you know, um, I host Knicks Morning Brew, Yankees Morning Well, I host Knicks Morning Brew with my two brothers down there, and I host Yankees Morning Brew as well. Uh, I do a lot of work with NYY News TV. We got a show over there called Get Yanked. We'll be calling the game later on today, Game Season Live. So shout out to those guys over there. But, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, Project Nerd HQ, or Yanks Brew KLD on Twitter. Go ahead, Phil. Phil doesn't have a Twitter because um James Dolan got his Twitter removed this season. <laughs> go go ahead, Phil. Yeah, yeah. Uh, too many fire tibs tweet tweets got me, you know, taken off. So I'm Phil. I host with Heck and my brother Jigga. Hector's my brother from another mother. Jigga's my brother from my real mother. Uh, and so I don't have a Twitter, but I typically run our organization twitter which is at brew crew sports underscore so all the rants that you see all the pro ob tweets those are all mine um and so yeah you can follow me there and then when you see something that sounds a little more level-headed that's typically because jigga or heck over the Twitter for the <laughs> facts okay, i just introduced myself as the level-headed guy of the trio um but yeah jigga porto uh, is what i go by and that's because let's be real my first name is celso Jose Porto, way easier to go with Jigga Man Porto than uh, Kelso, right? Um, but work with Knights of Degen, uh, we're a sports and betting community, uh, NFT project, RPG gaming. Uh, we built KOD Media and kind of brought Brew Crew Sports to life. Um, and it's open doors to be able to hang out with guys like you, Dylan. And uh, we, mm-hmm. again, man, really appreciate you guys bringing us on yeah. here today. Yeah. And uh, anytime we can talk Knicks with people we actually like, it's such an easy day for me, all right? So happy Friday. Mm-hmm. 100%. No, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, thank you guys, of course, for coming on here. So, you know, as as we move on here to the next topic, you know, obviously there's been some exciting things in the Knicks this week, you know, obviously the Obi Top and Grimes and all that this week. But there was also some some weird stuff, you know, with the Mavericks this week. You know, first it was Luka Doncic saying that, you know, they miss Jalen Brunson a lot. You know, team's kind of falling out of the plan, so they're talking about Brunson all of a sudden again. You know, and then, then like the next day, Mark Cuban went ahead and pretty much blamed Rick Brunson for this happening, which is, you know, kind of odd because me personally – you know, if you're if I'm Mark Cuban, I would, you know, I would just kind of admit that I messed up and not really went ahead and signed the player that you wanted to keep. You know, I don't think it's really a good idea to kind of turn around and admit you're wrong when there's three games left in the season and you're pretty much this close to falling out of the playoff race. Mm-hmm. That's kind of immature, in my opinion. You know, it doesn't seem right. I mean, I don't really think he should have done that. You know, it's I, I think he's pointing the wrong finger at Rick. I don't think that's really fair, mm-hmm. you know, because who, who's to say Rick Brunson wouldn't have come to the Knicks anyway, even if Jalen went ahead and signed with, with Dallas. Rex. Who's to say that? Rex. And plus, too, plus Dallas had many opportunities to keep Jalen Brunson. You know, they had him for four years. They had mm-hmm. many opportunities during the season to extend him or sign him, you know, in previous offseason, whatever. They had many opportunities. You know, mm-hmm. they missed out. They didn't do anything about it. They missed out on their chance. Knicks took advantage of that. Yeah, there was obviously some bit of tampering stuff. I think we all know that. But, you know, at the end of the day, the Mavs still had more opportunities than just this past offseason. You know what I mean? So yeah. it wasn't just like it wasn't just like the Knicks own or not the Knicks. The Mavs only had this past offseason to sign. No, they had many opportunities. So mm-hmm. blaming Rick Brunson, in my opinion, was not, you know, really right. I don't think that's justified. You know, I kind of want to hear you guys take on that. What do you think of like, you know, Mark Cuban going after Rick Brunson like that? Man. 
for me, um, if people follow me on Twitter, one of the, one of the hobbies or pastimes that I like to indulge in is is collecting billionaires' tears, right? And seeing Mark Cuban cry this week, it's a it's a little jaw of unicorn tears, right? Mm-hmm. When it comes down to the situation, like you said, Dylan, he had several <laughs> opportunities to re-sign Jalen Brunson. You had opportunities first season, second season, third season when he started emerging and those rumors around the trade deadline and then last year this offseason. Had the opportunity to sign Jalen Brunson, didn't do it. He fumbled the bag. And when you have Luka Doncic starting to get upset because of the chaos that's going over there, you got to start pointing fingers, right? And it's easy to point True. fingers to somebody that is outside of the organization instead of people that are in-house in the organization, right? So like you said, I think it's pretty unfair to point to Rick Brunson and say he's the reason why Jalen Brunson is not here with the Mavs anymore. No, the reason why Jalen Brunson is not with the Mavs anymore is because you, Mark Cuban, fumbled the bag. So from going on forward, Mark Cuban, he's not a shark anymore. He's a guppy. Go ahead, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. You know, and and that's the thing. To to Hector's point, you can't blame what happened here because you didn't do something here. You know, Mm -hmm. like if you would have given him that 50-something million that he would have resigned for early last season, we wouldn't be in this place where you're complaining that you didn't give him the 120 whatever million. You know, like the reason you didn't get to this point is because you dropped mm-hmm. the ball here. And so my whole thing for Mark Cuban is take some freaking responsibility. You know, like admit where you dropped the ball. Don't blame it on someone else, especially when it comes to a father. Like I don't understand what kind of like mentality that is. Like as a father, I hope to be able to speak into my boys' lives through and through until the day I die. So whether they go into something that I'm knowledgeable in or something that I'm not knowledgeable in, I want to be able to give my two cents. But if they come into something that I am extremely knowledgeable in, Mm -hmm. it would be foolish for someone to think that they don't talk to me about it. Like you think Steph and Seth Curry don't talk to their pops. You know, you don't think that Jalen Brunson's going to talk to his pops who he like fell in love with the game by watching courtside as his dad was a professional player mm-hmm. and then moved into coaching. You think that people are going to complain if LeBron mm. and Bronny end up playing together, even though LeBron has straight up said, wherever my son gets drafted, I will go like father son duo. Like it's only an issue because it didn't work out for him. If mm-hmm. it worked out and they were thriving right now, Mark Cuban would not be talking anything about Jalen and his dad's combination. He would not. He's only doing it because he needs something to say. All attention is on me. I screwed this up. I then brought in Kyrie Irving thinking that was going to work. And that was a dumpster fire. How do I get some attention off of me? Because right now my main all-star player is crying to the national media about a decision that I made. So (laughs) it's just deflecting. And as, as someone that I've liked, I've liked Cuban, this is a poor, poor representation of his character, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I agree with all of you, right? I mean, it's not just our fan base. It's everybody talking about it, right? Like, come on, it's a cop-out. Would he accept that answer from any of his Shark Tank investments if they came to him and be like, oh, you know what, that deal didn't go through because uh, their dad got involved? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, how do you come to the table with that, right? And it's a perfect example. We've all seen it. We've seen it with our fan base. We've seen it with the Nets recently. When when you have a losing record, when you're going through those trials and tribulations and, you, you know, you're dealing with that and you have that circus show going on, you look for any answer. I'm just shocked Mark Cuban being the man that he is 
at, at the level that he is, not just in sports, but in business, to come out and make that the excuse, one, it's ridiculous. And two, you're literally saying it's a bad thing that the man was talking to his dad. Whether it's true or not, I would hope he's talking to his dad. You know, like that's the whole point of having a family and a father you can trust and rely on. So it's, you know, it's just a crying moment. It's a bad look, but you know what? It's like the cherry on top for what they're going through with their season, right? So it's a clown show. Move on. You're done, Cuban. How you doing? Yeah, no, it's definitely, you know, just a weird kind of time. And, you know, I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, horrible timing, you know, because Mavs are out mm-hmm. of the plan. So it obviously comes off like a gigantic excuse for why your team is not successful this right. year, which right. is just, you know, I don't really think you should be doing that. You know, and they went ahead and traded for Kyrie Irving. So that kind of was signal like maybe, okay, we don't need Jalen Brunson. We got Kyrie Irving now and they're still not good. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't know why they went ahead and blamed, you know, the father. Like you, like, uh, like you said, you know, they shouldn't have been, you know, you, I would hope they were talking to the parents because like, you know, mm-hmm. this, at the end of the day, these are these guys' jobs. You know, these guys have to move locations and stuff when they sign new contracts or get traded or whatever. That affects the family. That doesn't just affect yeah. the player, you right. know? So I but would absolutely Dylan, hope that they to them. How great is it though that Jalen has played so well that he has to make a comment like that for his fan base. Exactly. But he has to yes, sit there and make yes. an excuse because our boy has been lights out all season. So yes. a little selfish side of me loves the fact that he has to make excuses and we're the yes. benefiters of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's like, you know, he's seen what Brunson's doing this year and how much he, you know, kind of catapulted this Knicks team into competitiveness. And it's kind of like, dang, we just, you know, we missed out. We missed out. We could have had him, you know, and instead of saying that publicly, like, oh, we missed out. It's our fault. We should have brought him back. No, he went ahead and blamed people and pointed fingers. And yeah. I mean, that's kind of just, you know, that's the wrong way to go about it, in my opinion. 100%. I mean, it would have been much better if he just, you know, admitted that he was wrong and not bringing him back and that, you know, he had the opportunities to bring him back, but Jalen didn't want to sign back or they didn't get the opportunity to sign him back. I think it's. Whatever it was, they he should have you know just owned up to the mistake of not bringing him back. You know, I don't. I, to be fair, I don't think anybody would have expected Jalen Brunson to be averaging twenty four and seven right away. But at the same time, the Mavs kind of, you know there were people within the Mavs organization that saw what you know was exactly. in with Brunson. You know, Jason Kidd mm-hmm. last year during the playoffs. You know, after Brunson had 44, 41 against Utah, he literally said he's going to make a lot of money. Jason Kidd saw it. He knew, like, this kid's going to be really good. We need to keep right. this kid around. I want I want to keep this kid around mm-hmm. on my team. He saw it. I guess Mark Cuban didn't. You know, whatever it was, I guess Mark Cuban did not see it. You know, and at the end of the day, you know, being an owner also does not equal having a good basketball mind. So clearly, he clearly Facts. just messed up on that, mm-hmm. I guess, in my opinion. You know, he just he, he fumbled it. He missed. It was just not – he didn't work He didn't work it out right. It, it, it happens, you know, and at the end of the day, it would have been better if he just admitted that instead of causing all this drama around the Knicks for really no reason. You're kind of just mm-hmm. blaming another team for – for your misfortunes when that's really not fair to do. So that's, that's like when my kids blame. It's like when my kids blame their brother or their sister, right? It wasn't me. It was his fault. He did it. I'm like, exactly. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it's just just a good time to be a Nick fan when James Dolan is not the butt of the joke. It's Mark Cuban (laughs) this time, right? Dylan? Like it's a good time. (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, we're, we're, we're in the driver's seat now. We're the ones that are, uh, you know, we're the ones benefiting, but, uh, you know, moving on to the next topic, Mm -hmm. really, you know, I want to go to towards the playoff round here. You know, these next two games Mm -hmm. for the Knicks really don't matter. So there's Mm -hmm. really no point in discussing these next two games too deeply. So I'm going to kind of just move on to the playoff matchup we have against the Cavaliers next week, you know, it's going to be Jalen Brunson versus Donovan Mitchell in round one for the second consecutive year. You know, last year, Jalen Brunson obviously took out Utah in the first round, you know, with his 
phenomenal performance, which got him the contract he got with the Knicks. You know, mm-hmm. so that should be exciting. You know, the, the Knicks and Cavs just played each other last week, and you know they both of them had like an epic duel, and Brunson ended up outplaying Mitchell despite Donovan Mitchell okay. dropping 42 points, which is just amazing to see. You know, we still don't know how Randall will be healthy in the first round or not. We don't know. We still don't know much about that. Hopefully, we have him for that because I think we need him big time. But in the meanwhile, we do still have Jalen Brunson. So for the moment, it's going to be, you know, a big matchup. Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, once again, round one. Should be an exciting playoff matchup. But I kind of want to hear your guys' take on, like, how far, you know, this series could go. You know, who could take this series? You know, what are the Knicks' chances of being able to beat the Cavaliers in the first round? How many games could go? You know, things like that. You know, I'll start with Hector. You go first. Well, you know, um, great. I appreciate the question. Um, shout out to our guy, Lee Acevedo, over at the Nick of Time show. Because we was having a conversation with him on Wednesday. And I'm sipping the Kool-Aid, Dylan. Right. I'm we are going to the NBA finals. Right. I am on the board with my guy, Lee Acevedo. I know I may be a rambunctious Nick fan, but I'm going to say when it comes to this team, you see the young guys now coming off for the bench that their Mm -hmm. confidence is growing. Right. You got the rumors now going around about how the Knicks are looking to sign Carmelo Anthony. I'm not sure how true that's going to be with Julius Randle, his injury. It puts us in a tricky situation because. We know Julius Randle, he's our dog. He's one of our top guys on this team. You can't replace 25 points per game and 10 rebounds per game just like that. It's not very easy to play that. But what it does allow is it allows the team and everybody else to eat because everybody wants to point to the fact that Obi Toppin, he doesn't rebound that much. But when you got Mitchell Robinson averaging 15-plus rebounds since Julius Randle has been out, we need Obi Toppin to run the floor, allow Mitchell Robinson to be that defensive rebounder, to be that rebounding monster we know he is, allow Obi Toppin to open up the floor, drive the floor. It, It brings so much, it brings a different dynamic to our offense, right? And also, Throw those scouting reports out the window because all season teams have been preparing for us with Julius Randle. Now that we don't have Julius Randle, they're scrambling to try to figure out what's the scouting report for the first round. I'm not going to say the Cavaliers is going to be an easy opponent. Not at all. I don't want to be that, that kind of guy. Six, seven game series. I think, I think the Knicks handle it. And this is just the perfect storybook ending to this season. Jalen Brunson, Donovan Mitchell, first round of the playoffs. I'm all here for it. Go ahead, Phil. Yeah. You know, Very similar. I I do believe we take this one. Um, But I also think that in order for us to take it, there's going to be two things that really matter. First, we can't take it lightly because we beat them this last game. Because Mm -hmm. what we have to realize is two things. One, it's going to mean a little more to Donovan Mitchell going into the playoffs, redeeming his encounter with Jalen Brunson last year. And these are the kind of guys that are so on board with having Donovan Mitchell. You better believe that they are rallying and taking that chip on his shoulder and they are wearing it as well. Like they Mm -hmm. want to show up for Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. So they are going to play hard. Second, we didn't see Jared Allen in that last game. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I was at the, uh, the, the Cavs Orlando magic game the other day, watching Jared Allen thrive. And it was a lot harder for players like ours to get into the paint like we did. And so they're going to try and make it super hard on Jalen Brunson to drive to the paint with the Twin Towers of Mobley and Allen. So what we need to do is we need to utilize all the strengths that we have. Whether Julius Randle is back or not, we can't just say Julius Randle's here. We're going to stick to this regimen that we've worked on all year. Tibbs has to be flexible because they are going to find ways. Like Heck said, they've been studying this game plan. 
it's not a hard game plan to study because we've stuck with it so much ever since the start of the season. So right. to be able to see what we've seen these last few games where we have other things that we can bring out and throw at them is going to be important for Tibbs to actually go into his bag and switch it up when things aren't working. Flexibility is going to be huge for us winning this series. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, th- th- it's been a storybook, right? It's been a movie this entire season, right? The guys can confirm. I mean, it was episode two when we started the Knicks Morning Brew this season that I said, we will get the Cavs first round of the playoffs. I was confident of that because I saw the way the movie was going to play out, and we all started to see it, right? Mm-hmm. Keys to the game. You remember just a couple months ago, remember when Luca in his press conference said, oh, we know their style. We know what they're going to do. We know that ISO style, Right. Teams were calling us out about, we don't have to game plan. We know what they're doing. What we've been able to see with Julius out is you can't really plan. We've got guys that are up and down all over the court. We've got a man like iHeart stepping up to be another true second center for us, right? So it's putting us in that position, even on the rebound game, where you don't need Obi to grab that rebound. We don't. We got our guys that are handling that. Obi, get your butt down there. Don't stay in the corner. Get down there and go wherever you want and get us some points. So I think at the end of the day, it's going to be a fantastic series. If we got oh, a little yeah. taste of it the other day, it's going to be a fantastic series. Can I see it going seven? A hundred percent. I think it's going to be a battle. I think every second of every game is there's not going to be a blowout on either side. We're about to have a series and not just to have the Homer pick, but I really do see our Knicks taking it. I see them beating Cleveland. I don't think Donovan gets his story of the Knicks didn't get me. Ha ha, I beat them. I think we get the ha ha, Mark Cuban. Ha ha, everybody that's doubted us. Ha ha, we beat them, and I'm excited. Yeah, the last yeah, no. thing I'll say is we've said this over and over and over again. We have what we believe is the strongest bench in mm-hmm. the NBA, but it does us no good if we don't use them. Like that is going to be key. Like we can have the best bench mm-hmm. and not utilize them in the playoffs and get torched, or we can utilize the fact that we do have the best bench, that we have a better bench than Cleveland, and that will set us apart is we actually use what we have. No, yeah, I definitely agree. You know, and I I also agree that, you know, the Knicks can take the series, you know, six or mm-hmm. seven games. It's gonna be a competitive series. I okay. you know, Cleveland's a good team. It's not discrediting Cleveland, you know. I it could really go either way, really, in my opinion. You know, both teams might be about as good as each other. Cleveland might have a little bit of the edge just because they have Mitchell, but we have the deeper team. So we, mm-hmm. you know, both teams have their pros and cons here. And, you know, just like Phil said, you know, your team has to use their bench, right? You know, we got to mm-hmm. take advantage of, you know, Cleveland's significantly weaker bench compared to ours. You know, we have the sixth man of the year in quickly. We have Hart, you know, Hart and Stein and Obi, of course, coming off the bench, you know, when Randall's healthy. We have a strong bench. You know, we have that bench mob. It's back. You know, I, I confidently can say that. So, but that being said, you know, I do think the Knicks can win this series, and I, I'm going to go seven. Knicks in seven. You know, I do think this is going to be a seven-game series just because, mm-hmm. you know, these two teams are – this is probably the most even first-round matchup you might have in the entire playoffs. You know, quite frankly, me, this type of matchup is the type of matchup I wish we got in, like, the second round with, like, the <laughs> finals on the line or something because yeah. this, this is – I expect it to be that good of a series. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I expect – and with, you know, all the storylines, of course, you know, with Donovan Mitchell and the Knicks, you know, Jalen Brunson against right, Donovan right. Mitchell last year. I mean, it just makes sense. You know, it makes sense yeah. for a great first-round series, you know, great playoff series. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, I wish it was in the second round or something like that just for more excitement but you know at the end of the day it's still a playoff series so that's still going to be exciting nonetheless you know so looking at that i really hope that we just you know 
they just keep their foot on the gas in the playoffs. You know, they don't let up. You know, they don't slow down. They've still been winning games right now. I know these kind of, these games are kind of just mop up. You know, they're just playing them for the, because they're on the schedule. The season mm-hmm. kind of is already over. But they had some very impressive wins that were important before that. Like, for example, the Cavaliers win, the Heat win, you know, right. games like that, that were important. You know, we took those and we took those pretty, you know, they weren't like easy, but, you know, we took them, you know. Right. Fair and square, we took them. So, you know, with that being said, you know, I do think we have a good chance in this first round series. So I'm hoping that, mm-hmm. you know, they just continue doing that. But, you know, moving on to the next topic, really, I want to talk about Quentin Grimes. You know, mm-hmm. Quentin Grimes, you know, over the past couple weeks, he's been a lot better. You know, he's gotten himself mm-hmm. involved in the offense a whole lot more. You know, over his last seven games, he's averaging over 20 points a game and he's shooting the ball really well, like 40, 45% from three or something like that. He's shooting really well. You know, he's got, and this was even before Randall's injury too, that he was, you know, starting to involve mm-hmm. himself in the offense more. He was taking more shots. He right. was looking to attack the basket too as well. He's looking to kind of just do everything on offense rather than kind of just passing up shots or, you know, driving into the paint and passing it, which, you know, at times is great, but at times there's also, there is such a thing as passing the Ball too much, you know, and the, mm-hmm. the turnovers and stuff of like that. For a guy that we have starting as shooting guard, we need him to, you know, score. That's why he's on the floor, not just for defense, to also score. Right, right. Know, we know he can shoot. We know he. We know how good of a shooter he is when he's locked in, right? And right now he is locked in, and which is very good sign to see, you know, as the playoffs approach. Because I'm hoping he can enter the playoffs, you know, on this high note and kind of, you know, keep that going in the playoffs. Do I expect Quentin Grimes to be dropping 25 a night in the playoffs? No, I of course not. But do I expect? But what I hope Quentin Grimes can, you know hit a few threes, you know, get, you know, like 10, 10, between 10 and 15 points a night in the playoffs. I would love that. You know, I would love to see him involve himself in the offense more. And, you know, quite frankly speaking, his minutes probably will decrease in the playoffs just mm-hmm. because, you know, we mm-hmm. have like Josh Hart that will probably get a lot more minutes. You know, quickly yeah. he's going to get his minutes. You know, of course, you got to play RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, all, all those guys, right? So with that being said, of course, Grimes won't see the floor as much but when he is on the floor i i would love me personally i would love to see him you know keep involving himself in the offense like he is right now because if any of you guys notice the offense flows much better when when he is involving himself that's at least how i see it that's Mm -hmm. my takeaway on it you know he the offense flows so much better when he's actually shooting the ball and he's taking you know he's taking his tough layups you know i didn't know he had that he i knew he was sneaky athletic but he he posted as somebody the other night i was was waiting i was was waiting to to get my take yeah you know like 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 I like he did it the other night. And I was like, if he can do that, I need him mm-hmm. to do you know attack more, do all these things yeah. more. Like you know, don't keep this in the vault. Like let it out. We need this right now. You know, as the playoffs are here, we need you know more scoring depth would be amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Anyways, you know, just looking at that and how Quentin Grimes has been heating up, I kind of want to hear you guys take away on Grimes yeah. and like you know how important he'll be you know for this upcoming playoff series. You know, I'll start with Hector first. Well, super important, right? We've we've all watched Sesame Street growing up as children, right? So the the word of the day is called con. Confidence, right? When it comes to Quentin Grimes, you've seen the confidence he has started building up over these past few games, especially given a bigger role on the offensive side of things. Quentin Grimes, if people don't remember, when he was in high school, he was coming up as a point guard. Same thing with Emmanuel Quickly. They were both coming up as point guards. It wasn't until they got to college that they was moved over to the shooting guard position, right? So having two guys that could be next to Jalen Brunson that played point guard, you know, when they were in high school and were uh, scouted as point guards, I think it's a big keep for us going forward but when it comes to Quentin Grimes like you said Dylan that dunk I didn't know he had that in the back he's shown us uh, uh he's shown us how versatile he is he's not just a guy you could just park out there on the three-point line and just wait for him to catch and shoot no he's a guy that could take you off dribble he's a guy that could get into the passing lanes and if he can dunk it on you he's gonna dunk it on you and we saw it in last the last game that he played Quentin Grimes is looking like a dog and I am so mm-hmm. happy that this front off as, as much as a 
phenomenal playing uh, Donovan Mitchell is. As much as I love Donovan Mitchell's game, I'm happy that this front office didn't pull the trigger, gut this roster, gut out draft picks in order to get mm. Donovan Mitchell because you can see the young guys, how they're playing when it comes to Obi, IQ, and Critton Grimes. It's just phenomenal to watch. Over the past 20 years, us Knicks fans, we've been we, – We've been heartbroken. We haven't had a team like this. This is the best group of young kids that we have had in a long, long time. The last time I could say that the Knicks probably had a a young group of young core players was when they drafted Quentin Grimes. I mean, when they drafted Channing Fry, Nate Robinson, and David Lee. Besides Mm. that, this young group that we got right now is special. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to read a quote. Um, If you didn't know, he just had an article released in Uproxx Magazine. Um, and one of his like managers and longtime close friends had a quote, and it seriously defines him perfectly. He said, he just knows how to get to where the moon is. The other guys are good, but they can't get to the moon. And this guy has his sights set on the moon. So for me, Quentin Grimes has a ceiling that is insane. You know, like there was lack of consistency in the beginning. But I think a lot of that had to do with his confidence, you know, being able to feel like he fit into this system and that he was okay to be who he was. And now that he has that confidence, you see his shot goes up quickly. His shot goes up confidently. His shot goes up a lot easier and a lot more than it was before because he could be like three for three, but he only took three shots. Or he could be one for one, but he only took one shot. You know, now he's letting him fly because he's got that confidence. He's got his eyes set on the moon and he's going there. I think what we have to do is we have to not try and tame this young guy in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. We need to allow him to run free. We need to allow him, regardless of whether Randall's back or RJ's back, we cannot take away some of these touches that Quentin Grimes has been able to operate with because having that in our tool and having that as an part of our arsenal keeps the defense on kind of like their tiptoes because this is the kind of guy that can stop and shoot or he could drive immediately and you have to be ready for him to do both on the drop of the dime that little fake that he does seems to get nine out of ten people every time he does it the only thing that ever stops him with that is if he moves his feet before they're done jumping and he doesn't dribble before so if he is able to like do these things in the playoffs He's going to be a secret weapon for us. Like, he's going to be somebody that's going to set us apart from other teams. So I'm glad to see the progression of Quentin Grimes. Um, I really think that this is the kind of guy that you build around. If I can, I just want to add one thing before Jigga go. Because you brought up the whole pump fake thing. If you guys watch film, if you guys watch what Quentin Grimes does, if you go back and you study, like, the uh, defensive drills and high school and stuff like that, AAU, when Quentin Grimes sets and he does a little pump fake, both of his feet are set. What happens sometimes in the NBA is that you're 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 giving the, the key to your defender if you lift up your right or your left leg, showing them that you're just pump faking, waiting to drive. What Quentin Grime does, he sets both feet mm-hmm. as he pump fake, and that's what tricks the defenders because they're looking to see if you're either your right or your left leg is giving a little little hesitation or a little um pathway that they're either gonna go right or left. Go ahead, Jigger. Uh, you know, I said it this morning on the show. To me, Grimes will be the X factor for us in these playoffs. Mm -hmm. Okay. We beg to see the kids play. 
And this is what happens when you give them time. They're able to find that confidence. And also to unpack, I didn't know I was supposed to stop watching Sesame Street, Hector. You said when we were kids. Am I not supposed <laughs> to pop that on anymore? Well, right. I, I haven't I haven't stopped watching po- uh, Power Rangers or Pokemon. <laughs> all right, so all right, good. Good. Just make sure we admit that. But, <laughs> you know, being able to see him, right? Everybody looks at when he was having the mishaps was, oh, you know, he's just overthinking. He's nervous. Yeah, when, when, when you have a limited amount of minutes and you're trying to figure out everything in that time, you're overthinking everything. Now, when he knows he's having that freedom to move around, you said it best. When he posterized the other day, I was like, huh? He has that? I'm already ready, love what this kid can do, and he has that? Same thing with watching Opie, right? As another example, step back three. Like, there's just so much we're seeing from the young guys now that they're getting that confidence. They're able to gel. I truly believe if he continues to get the opportunities that he's getting right now, he will be a major X factor for us not only in the series, but all the way to the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely agree. You know, Quentin Grimes is definitely going to play a big role. Even if his minutes do decrease, when he is mm-hmm. on the floor, he is going to matter. He's going to be an important piece. So, you know, if he's playing like this and he keeps doing this into the playoffs, that's great. You know, like I said, you can never have too much scoring depth, right? You would love that. So, you know, anyways, you know, we're going to try to wrap this up a little bit. But, um, you know, first, before I, you know, give off my closing remarks, I was wondering if you guys had any, you know, closing statements you wanted to give out, you know, where you where people can find you or, you know, what you guys do, what show you guys do, all that stuff, you know, let people know, man. Well, first of all, Dylan, I appreciate the conversation. Shout out to you. Shout out to Ryan. Shout out to the entire Fireside um, family, whether it's Fireside Knicks, Fireside Yankees. You guys are killing it with the content. But, yeah, you can find me host on the Yankees Morning Brew, Knicks Morning Brew as well, NYY News TV. I do work over there with my guy Pete Seminetti with Get Yank and Game Season Live. Um, Tomorrow morning, actually, I'm going to be on SNY with our guy Dexter Henry to talk about the Knicks and the Pelicans. So you can catch me on SNY tomorrow morning. Yeah, and uh, I'm Phil Porto, um, you know, Nick's Morning Brew, more things in the works on the offseason. Um, just follow me, Brew Crew Sports underscore, because uh, my hitter, my Twitter got jacked. Um, and yeah, we just want to <laughs> thank you, you know, thank you so much for having us on. Um, the only closing statement I'd say is, regardless of who is your favorite player on this team, um, remember that we're all wearing the same red, uh, orange, blue, and black. Like, we're all representing the same team. Don't be a fan of a player that you stop being a fan of one another and supporting each other. So I'm just looking forward to these playoffs. I think we're going to go far. Um, and once again, like Hector said, you guys are killing it. And so we thank you for bringing us in and being mm-hmm. part of it. And if anyone's watching, this guy killed it on our show earlier this season. So oh, yeah. head to our channel and watch that episode because it was an honor to have him on as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely Max. was. Um, shout out, Dylan. You know, you know, we're big fans, man. Um, Ryan, a.k.a. Johnny Bryant backstage doing your thing. Appreciate you. He, he will agree with this statement, right? As a guy that loves the Yankees as well. There's no name on the back of the jersey for a reason. Going into these playoffs, we've been calling this all year long. Put your anger, put your toxicity, put all that away and focus on the fact that we are one fan base behind our team looking to get every W we can get. I'm excited for the run. I'm excited for the future. Uh, If you like sports, whether it's football, baseball, hockey, I'm doing it all, right? So come check out Knights of Dejan at Knights of Dejan. You can check out our website at knightsofdejan.io, of course, 
follow us, subscribe to Brew Crew Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jigaporto. And mm-hmm. I know we've said it a couple of times, but Dylan, man, we love what you guys do. Definitely, we love definitely. The connection we've made with you guys, and we really appreciate. Mm-hmm. That, we'll we'll look forward to doing a lot more work in the future. Uh, playoffs is coming up. Dylan Ryan would love to collab on some playoff videos if you guys yeah. are down for it. Yeah, man. You know, we'll, we'll work those things out. But, you know, mm. first off, you know, it's great having you guys on here. And, you know, to give my closing statement kind of, you know, just, you know, whatever happens this playoff series, you know, let's just enjoy it for right now. You know, yes. we haven't had a season this successful yes. in a very long time. So yes. let's enjoy this right now. You know, let's not, you know, get in the way of, you know, worrying about who we need to trade or who we need to get rid of. <laughs> let's not worry about that right now. Let's Don't worry. worry about, I'm, pour, you know, I'm, I'm like, pouring your cup of Kool-Aid, Dylan. You're going to be sipping yeah. the Kool-Aid with me. All right. I'm pouring <laughs> it for you, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's just, you know, enjoy this right now. You know, let's hope for a great playoff series. You know, I hope we can get far. I'm, I'm optimistic. We can make it, we can make some noise, but you know, regardless, what happens let's enjoy this right now you know we right now we gotta remember it's a process you know we're not gonna instantly jump to a finals team right now it's a process we would love to get to the finals this year and i would love that just as much as the next guy but you know we gotta remember it's a process at the end of the day so let's just you know keep that in mind and you know let's just enjoy this you know let's enjoy this right it's been a roller coaster of a season but right now we're coming into the playoffs hot which i love so mm-hmm. let's just keep that going you know and you know to kind of wrap this up you know i'm obviously dylan you know you can find my twitter you know, it's up above me. And, um, you know, also make sure you follow Fireside Knicks. Make sure you follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube, of course, because this is what you're watching it on. And, you know, just, uh, yeah, make sure you follow us. You guys have been awesome with the support. You know, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. You know, give us follows on Twitter and TikTok, all that. We really appreciate that stuff. And make sure you go follow these guys, man. Go follow Knicks Morning Brew. Go follow Hector, Phil, Jigaman, and all these guys. You know, follow them. You know, they're great people. You know, I, like they said, I appeared on their show a few weeks ago. It was amazing, amazing. You know, I had an amazing time talking to, talking to Knicks with these guys. You know, and they're just great people, you know. So make sure you give these guys their, their support as well. They'll really appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be it for this. So we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.